The Agency Unfiltered train rolls on. In this episode, we have Ryan Malone from Smartbug. Ryan is the CEO and founder of Smartbug, a diamond HubSpot partner in full service inbound agency. Ryan joins us to talk about team structure and how Smartbug has historically organized their team to set themselves up for growth. We talk about Smartbug's pod structure, career pathing for their team, and how they split up responsibilities by role. We also get Ryan's unfiltered approach to sales, a justifiably hot topic for agencies. Does Ryan hire team members dedicated to sales? And if so, what are they in charge of specifically? For the answers to these questions and more, let's dive in. Ryan, thanks for joining us. How you doing, my friend? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Um, obviously, we were just talking a little while back about how it's so important for agencies to like build a team model or build a team structure that's going to yeah. set them up for growth and scale. Sounds like Smartbug has been able to do that. So I'd be interested to hear about how you guys have kind of organized your team to date. Yeah, sure. So I, you know, I think like any growing agency, you kind of iterate over time. Um, what we found, uh, we have about 58, 60 people now. Yeah. Um, what we found is that in our current structure at about 30, 35 people, we decided to put in a slightly different pod structure. Mm. Um, the way that we're set up is we've got a strategist who owns the revenue. Yep. They've got a number, they're kind of a senior level, 10 year plus client side marketer uh, type person. We find that that creates a lot of affinity with the clients that we're trying to go after because oftentimes your hiring profile determines who you're ultimately going to sell to. Yeah. Since that person owns the account and then underneath that we've got a number of consultants and our team kind of has some flexibility to determine the consultants that they have underneath them so mm -hmm. that they can either grab a bigger book of business or a smaller book of business depending on where they're at mm -hmm. uh, in their development. What makes that uh, very scalable is um, anytime you need to add accounts, uh, one of those strategists owns five, seven, eight accounts. Anytime you need to add accounts, you just add a new pod that's a strategist and a consultant. Mm -hmm. The benefit of that is that uh, the consultant gets to be mentored by the strategist. Yep. Um, the strategists, you know, some number of them roll up into a consulting manager. So you have now um, this small army of strategists <laughs> who are prepared to be consulting managers because they manage people over time yep. and it becomes really easy to scale. And then within that team, we have a um, graphic designers and writers and things like that. So within a one consulting manager structure, you've got eight strategists, you know, anywhere from eight to 16 consultants, yeah. some creative people, some writing people, and it's just easy to add those as you go over time. And do you find that kind of like the career growth or like the career path for a consultant is to eventually move up into that strategist role? Yeah, some. I mean, as, as you get bigger, there's areas that you can specialize. So sure. some, some path for people might be to be a consultant and then be a strategist and then be a team leader, kind of traditional. Yep. Um, the other path that somebody might take is they might just really, really love the client work and not so much the management side. Yep. And, and they can go from a consultant to a strategist and maybe they specialize on vertical or maybe they specialize either on marketing, sales, or service, and it mm -hmm. kind of depends on where it is. And I think if you've got a good enough growth rate and you're starting to build that, there's a bunch of different paths that, as an agency, you don't even really think about <laughs> until you know it. Yeah. Um, and, and so it gives people a lot of flexibility. I think it's interesting to have kind of those different avenues, because I don't think growth has to be synonymous with like people management. And so yep. you fully embrace that, right? Yeah. Um, one thing I did notice is you're kind of like visualizing this team structure. I didn't hear you say the words account manager. So kind of where does that fall into the mix? Is that what a strategist is? Or how do you guys kind of take that account manager role? Yeah, um, account manager is kind of a four little <laughs> word at our company. Um, we found over time that our clients don't like account managers. And I know before SmartBug, I used to run marketing at some tech companies and we hated them 
account managers, they're great people, and this isn't a bash against them. However, the account manager's sole job at an agency is to run interference between the strategist that they really want to hire and yeah. the client, um, which causes two problems. One, um, that person is kind of deciding whether or not a question is important, which is really frustrating to a client. Um, and then secondarily, the growth within an account itself is really driven by the work of the strategist and the consultant yeah, makes sense. and not the random call every once in a while from an account manager who's fishing for a new business. So we decided yeah. to get rid of that role entirely. Maybe you take a tiny bit of a margin haircut by, by having your strategist own less accounts because they don't have an account manager offsetting that. But yeah. we've just found that having our our strategic team be the digital marketing director for a client is a far better model for our team. And so what have you seen as uh, implications for like upsell opportunities, like growing your retainer, so removing the account manager, letting the strategist own that? Like what have you seen like the trickle down effect on uh, like new business within your existing client base? Yeah, so um, from a, an initial sale perspective, um, we found that our close rate went up because clients really, they understand that that's a problem, but most of them think that that's just the nature of the beast with agencies, sure. it's not. Um, from a growth perspective, uh, growing the account is far easier because it's a very natural discussion to have a strategist who just did a great job on an account and showed some ROI to say, hey, here's three more opportunities. Yeah. I have some street cred now that, that like I can put towards that. I'm trusted with your management team, so that incremental investment really isn't even a sale. It's just a natural extension of your team. And so mm. over time, you get significant organic growth from all the accounts that you have, at least in that model for us. Yeah. The street cred piece is really interesting, right? Like if you've been able to deliver, let's say like remarkable results, have the positive ROI, then the conversation feels pretty natural versus what, like an account manager coming in with a pitch or like an upsell mm -hmm. proposal, something like that. It's just a naturally flowing conversation, you find? Uh, yeah, I mean, look at what you've done, right? You've created this great, this great, um, you know, this great production. Sure. So the next time that you want to go do something, you're like, hey, I have some street cred. I built this thing. I have these viewers. So the next time that you have a great idea, it's it's a natural extension of what you've already done, rather than somebody who you see once a quarter coming in and being like, check out this whiz bang product. That's sure. for you. Yeah. It just doesn't work as well. You mentioned it's really interesting too that you also saw the positive impact on like new client acquisition. So do you use kind of like the strategist or team structure? Like does that is that part of your like differentiation or is that part of like kind of your sales conversations? Like how do you draw the line between the the impact on, on new client acquisition? Yeah. So like what um, do you attribute to it specifically? Yeah. So we um, for some for some prospects they care. Yeah. Um, most of them, quite honestly. They don't really care what your team looks like. And sure. I remember in, in one of the addresses that Darmesh made recently, it's like it doesn't really matter how our organization is set up or what our processes are, it's whether you deliver. So I'd say probably half the time they're going to buy from us based on reputation or case studies or mm -hmm. other proof points that us or any agency is going to do. Yeah. The ones that really want to dig in how the team is structured, it aligns with kind of how we've built our company. So it, it flows really nicely hmm. and we feel like... Um, if we're uh, working against an agency who's got a pretty heavy account manager set up, yeah. um, that it's pretty easy to position us because a greater percentage of their retainer dollar is going to go to work and not overhead. Sure. Yeah, um, right. And so we're able to provide, uh, I think, better value out of the gate, which ultimately leads to more ROI. Yeah. So you mentioned 60 people at SmartBug currently? Yeah, right, right now. Right around 60. So another role that's always really interesting uh, is like how agencies try and figure out like uh, sales, right? Like when is it time to bring in a dedicated sales rep? Is it like biz dev? And then they feel like funnel opportunities to the owner. So at 60 people, uh, where if did you kind of bring in the, the dedicated sales reps or dedicated sales team? Yeah, so we actually haven't made a outbound sales call ever. We've been around for <laughs> eight, 10 years now. Yeah. Um, it's quite in, the feat, inbound right? works, yeah. you guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Surprise, me. yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, 
So our sales team, um, we hired a sales and marketing manager uh, or, or vice president about a year ago. Her name's Jen Spencer. She's amazing. Mm -hmm. um, she's been here about a year. She's got two reps that work with her. The profile of our sales team is not the classic SDR, you know, call, call, call yeah, sure. type thing. They're effectively like strategic consultants that can really dig into a business and understand at you know, the C level and down kind of mm -hmm. how the business works together and where digital marketing might fit in, of which yeah. inbound is a huge piece of it, but there are other pieces too that they need to be aware of. And so um, selling for us is, is predominantly qualifying what we get in, making sure that we've got um, a really aggressive marketing plan and making yeah. sure that our sales team can, can really dig in and understand the business, much in the way that a big four consultant might be able to go in and understand a company. Yeah, no, it makes sense. I mean, so obviously 10 years without having to make an outbound call, like, okay, yes, you mentioned inbound works, I think a lot of agencies, especially the ones like just getting off the ground, they maybe sign their first clients and they have to go all in. Uh, any tips, tricks on how you guys have such an aggressive marketing plan? Like how do you prioritize or focus? So anybody, or any tips for, for somebody just trying to like kind of nail this whole process? Yeah, um, avoid the cobbler has no shoes dilemma, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, everybody at SmartBug has to write an article, a blog post once a month, mm -hmm. and then they collaborate on an ebook once a quarter. And then we also bring them together for some larger marketing-oriented projects, like some of the ones we've done with you guys on the Academy. Sure, yeah. And so by doing that, you have this natural momentum. So you know, right now we have you know, 60 pieces of content that are available to us that we can use for ourselves or co-marketing or things like that. Yeah. We'll probably be at 80, 85 by the end of the year. So wow. the more people that you bring on, if you keep that requirement in place, as you grow, you have a natural extension of your marketing leverage. Mm. Um, that's probably one, been one of the biggest things for us because even though we have a couple person marketing team, like they're not struggling for resources. They already have resources built in and we yeah. just limit the amount of, uh, of client billables that our team does so mm -hmm. that they have time to focus on marketing and it gives um, all of those consultants and the rest of the people on our team a chance to get their own brand out, which is also really important sure. for anybody, right? Yeah, so. right. No, it makes sense. Um, I agree wholeheartedly about just kind of like sharing the responsibilities across the team. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know, at 60 people, you might have somebody um, that kind of oversees all the production, but I would see on a smaller team, it might be harder to ensure like consistency and voice and tone, the quality of the content. Um, did you guys uh, have to face that as like a smaller team? How did you tackle that? Yeah. Just maintain, you know, the, the high quality. Yeah, so we put together um, some smart bug marketing guidelines mm. um, that basically articulated um, our voice and our, kind of like you would with a client, right? Sure, like yeah. Your voice and your tone and the, the areas that we want to talk about, how we're going to use categories, the types of things that we write about and don't write about the level of depth, how we choose imagery and things like that. Yeah, and, sure. and since we're doing this work for clients anyway, like a lot of agencies are, uh, it's not that different than doing something <laughs> for your client. It's just a matter of applying your voice. And at the end of the day, I think a lot of times agencies will, will um, overanalyze what they need to do for this. But the reality is, is you get a lot of swings at the ball. So yeah. um, focus on getting something that's really gonna resonate with your client. If you miss something for the first time, whatever, yeah. like you're gonna have a second chance to do it from a different angle and just like put your head down and keep doing it. Don't make your own marketing be a second priority to sure. you. Make yeah. it be the first priority. Um, and I think you'll be in pretty good shape. Just putting those guidelines in place, it just eliminates any and all guesswork, right? Yep. Pretty bad, some pretty good structure to it's it. Self-sustaining, yeah. Yeah, for sure, awesome. Um, 
Ryan, just a, a few more questions sure. for you. Um, obviously, you guys uh, have a fully remote workforce. I yeah. think that's uh, pretty well known at this point. If somebody's trying to make that transition, especially with your team structure, set for scale, like any just general tips on how to get started with even your first remote hire, kind of as you build out the remote team. When you're working remote, the biggest risk to your culture is alienating the people that work for you. Sure. So if you're there's two remotes, there's a hybrid company where you have a home base and then you have satellite people. Yeah. And then there's a full remote like we are. Um, don't under invest in culture. Mm. You've got to like invest heavily and force it. If you're trying to do remote just because you want to save money, you're doing it for the wrong reason. Gotcha. Um, if you're trying to do it because you want to have better talent, that's a better reason. Yeah. But if you have this hybrid model where everybody's, there's some home office and satellite people, the people that are in the satellite, they're always going to be less in the know than the people that are in the home office. They don't get the luxury of the quick chat on the side. Exactly. Of it. Yeah. And it's not like you're going to be like, oh, you know what, we're talking about the weekend. Let's go call Johnny. It, that, right. that doesn't happen. So you have to work really hard to make sure that they feel like they're part of the team. Yeah. Um, and in an all remote model, they don't see each other that much, right? So you have to say, I'm going to allocate a significant budget to make sure I get people together in a memorable experience so that they have time to bond with each other and so that their family members understand what it's about because all they see is somebody working on a screen. Yeah, sure. At the end of the day, if they have a bad day, they're going to go talk to their spouse or life partner or whoever's important to them. Yeah. And um, you want to make sure that they understand what you're about so that they can kind of help you. Yeah. Uh, when something happens. No, makes sense. Um, always ask, this is the final question. I think you're gonna have an interesting experience, obviously, just with how long you've been a, a member of the partner community, obviously your, your workforce being remote. So my final question. Sure. Uh, what would you say is the weirdest or most strange or strangest thing about agency life? I think the biggest thing, um, the strangest is probably that if you sit back and you write down all of the, um, the prospects that were kind of in these crazy areas with crazy products and crazy services and yeah, stuff, sure. it's, I don't know that it's weirdest, but it's fascinating how many different business models there are, how many different um, take over the world ideas you see, some good, some bad. Yeah, right. um, I think it's more just fascinating as an agency owner, um, you know, we get to look at so many different business models and you get to apply everything that you learn from one business model to another. Hmm. I had a, uh, a mentor once who told me, beware of the naive marketer who only focuses on one industry hmm. because they're cutting themselves off from all the lessons they would learn from the others. Hmm. So we try to practice that. I love that. Internally. That's a great answer. Well, Ryan, thanks so much for coming thanks on, for my friend. Me. I yeah. appreciate it. That wraps up another episode of Agency Unfiltered. If you like what you watched, make sure to subscribe to our Agency Unfiltered newsletter, which will remind you when the next episode drops, as well as send you a ton of other helpful, strategically curated agency content. You could also subscribe to our channel on YouTube or podcast on SoundCloud. And if you want to keep the conversation going, tweet me at Kevin underscore Dunn. Remember, keep it unfiltered, stay weird. I'm Kevin Dunn, and I'll see you next time.